Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 634, recorded live on April 26th, 2020. And here are your hosts, the man who does not have a UPS set up on his computer, Dave Play. Hey! And the man who found out that his UPS does not work, Andy Lowe. Hi. I, I was about to make a joke about like, oh, I prefer FedEx, but no, you're you you had a punchline already set up. Yeah, no, I am uh, looking at my uh, APC unit down here. Yep. And uh, we had a power outage here on Friday. <laughs> okay. Um, lasted for a couple hours, I do believe. And um, Kate was working from home at the time. <laughs> And called me up and was like, I'm really about to smash your UPS unit. And I'm like, why? And he's like, it's making a really bad noise. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh, no. So oh, I just, terrible. I, I, you know, had her turn the power off. And I'm like, well, you know, our uh, our router isn't plugged into this UPS unit. So, you know, it's not going to help you. No much. internet. Yeah. So, you know, let's just uh, keep it off. And then uh, I'll uh, I'll figure it out when I get back home. And, you know, I, I get back home and I turn it on. And it's, yeah, it's just wailing like a banshee, even though the power's back on by at this point. And I go look up the manual and it's like, oh, yeah, no, uh, battery failed. <laughs> I'm like, great. And I look up the manual and mine has the, you know, battery side and the surge protector side yeah the battery side has no pass through if the battery fails wait what um there are some the, ups units there that if the battery fails yeah it will bypass the battery i yeah. think it's called pass through ups units I, I feel like that should be normal it's not oh okay yeah apc units do not have an auto bypass so yeah i gotta go up uh, get a new battery for my ups unit <laughs> Luckily, we had a, a spare power strip around here, so I plugged that into the um, surge protector side, and I plugged everything that was on the battery side into the surge protector side, and uh, yeah. Yep. Okay, then. <laughs> I Man, like, I was gonna, as you were saying, like, doesn't have a UPS. I'm like, no, I don't. I have a FedEx. I'm like, nope, I prefer the U.S. Postal Service. So, you know, some joke like that. And yeah. No, no. Um, I'm sorry that you lost power. Yeah, it was, a, it was actually a large chunk, and I'm trying to find, you know, a news article to tell me what it was. The uh, the only news article I could find, though, was from MLive, which said, hey. Says the power went out. Power outage um, hits nearly 7,000 customers in Portage, and I'm just like. Who's, who's your electric company? Consumers. Rick Company, Company, Michigan, Consumers Energy. Oh, that is, they are big. Yeah. <laughs> they are really big. Jeez. Yeah, they, they I cover... always knew DTE because I've always lived near Detroit. Yep. Uh, yeah, if Center. you look at their coverage map, it's most of the lower peninsula. <laughs> what if I say just power restoration? How do I report an outage? How do I check the status of an outage? Check your status online. See the outage map. Uh, I'm looking for a history on outages. Yeah, that is most of Michigan. Wow! Back to the outage center. No, I don't see any list of previous outages. Their outage center is pretty cool, though. Oh, yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, as soon as the power went down, um, I knew about it because we have one of our stations um, basically down the street from our house here, and it doesn't have a generator backup. So as soon as the power went out, the radio station went dead. So I was like, oh! Well, you, you know. can get alerts when your power goes out. Well, yeah, that's um, 
Through our smart meter. No, like from their website. I know. You can through, you can sign up to get alerts. Through the um through the smart meters, which we don't have set up at that site. So if there were other things around there that had smart meters and they kind of put us in the window, then maybe I think we would get an alert. I, but most of those I meant from like your house. Oh. Not not work. Yes. But your no, house. the house one, yes, I could get the alert. Yeah. Uh, actually it would be Kate getting the alert because her name is on the uh, bill. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh Cool. There was something else I wanted to bring up during this section, and now it's totally gone. So Sorry, I... Worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Something about an idea bulb not turning on? I, I guess. There's a power out in the light in my brain. But somehow my Reddit password has been changed, but it doesn't work because I have two-factor authentication. Let's see okay. if it works. Oh, sorry. Unless they're really late on me um, changing my password. You're like, I changed my password, like, months ago. Now they're just telling you. Well, it's my new password, and they're asking me for my two-factor, so... <coughs> yep. So, how was your week other than a power-out? Let's let's get back onto some sort of conversation. Uh... I saw pictures of a lot of, like, rewiring things. Yeah, no, since um, uh, there's not a lot of people in the office right now, I actually, you know, I'm not stopped for user errors most of the time. So I actually had some time to start going through my uh, spaces in the Kalamazoo office because they don't really want me to travel anywhere. No surprise. Yep. <laughs> um, what? You're not going, like, all around the state? I know. It's basically like, unless there's, an, like, an off-air emergency, kind of just stay in place. And I'm like, I can do that. That's but fine. You find things to do. Yep. So I started, you know, finally going through our server cabinets and rewiring everything and actually getting the color codes correct and getting the cable management arms installed and, you know, things of that nature, you know, making things actually look pretty and organized. <laughs> and during this process, I found out that our Cisco router for the building had two failed fans on the case. Oh, no. Yeah. Because I just was, weren't spinning. No, uh, until I accidentally, you know, set my tools on the, the router. Yeah. And one or two of the fans started to spin up. But it sounded like a banshee going. And I'm just like, okay, oh, no. that's not normal. <laughs> and I glance over like, the side. How do I, I stop that? Yeah, I see, the, I see the one fan spinning fine. One fan's not spinning at all. And that other fan is spinning and then stop and then spin and then stop and then spin and then stop. And I'm just like, okay, we got, we got problems. Sounds like a, a dirty um, brushing. Yeah, but that's two of them down there. And that router is, I think, 10 years old. Okay. So I contacted my corporate office and go, hey, you know, I found a couple places where I can buy fans on there. What do you want me to do? And they're like, well, those things are notorious for, you know, if you, if you pull the power on them, they may or may not come back online afterwards once you restore <laughs> power. So, um... So let's get a new one. Yeah. So now I've been basically cleaning and organizing that area. So, you know, as soon as I get the new Cisco router in, I can just drop it in the rack, move the cabling over and be good to go. So, yeah, it's been a lot of that this week. Cool. So that's good. So, yeah, the, uh, the stay-at-home order doing... for Michigan has been extended. Yeah, and then there were the protests like a week and a half ago, and then we just had our protests this last week, mm -hmm. which is just crazy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, my week was a, a lot of the same, just like working on documentation stuff. Basically, that's it, just documentation. So much documentation. God, I am still... Um trying to update our documentation. Yeah. Especially since, you know, hey, that transmitter called me to tell me that the power is back. And I didn't know what the, the code was to get into the transmitter. <laughs> like, hey, power's up. Uh, I need instructions. You're like, shit. Like, shoot, what's the, because there's, 
you know, God, it's just a patchwork of just random numbers for stuff. And I'm like, all right, we just need to, you know, that's part of me goes, okay, yes, I understand the different passwords for different things. So if you have one thing wrong, you know. Right. But also, like, what's the purpose of the password? Is it to actually prevent entry or is it to deter people from trying? Actually to prevent entry. If you, you know, if you, because once you get into the system, I think I could technically set up user levels. I'm not sure. I'd have to look at the manual. All this equipment, though, is, you know, 20 to 30 years old. Yeah. So part of the question then becomes, um, since it's no longer supported by the company that actually built it, yep. how much time and effort do I want to take yep. into understanding and organizing all these boxes versus basically blowing up, starting over again with new equipment that's actually, you know, supported by the manufacturer? Yep. And like, because it's so old, does it have the right protections at this point? Like, could I write a script that just tries every password um you'd have to set up an auto dialer mm-hmm. and then um you get to try three passwords and then it hangs up on you as i found out from experience. okay so it is a it's it's calling into it it is yes. literally entering a password via call yes okay. there's literally Hang no on. other there's no other way to program that box right now outside of doing an auto dialer so basically kind of like war games uh, there's a sick library. Pure JavaScript of some algorithm. You could probably set up, I don't know, is there like a Raspberry Pi phone module? Raspberry Pi phone. Raspberry Pi cell phone. Creating a 3G <clears throat> Raspberry Pi smartphone. That's a thing out there. Okay. Yep. So it looks like all I need is a SIPgate account and I could write up a JavaScript thing to call things. So yeah, if somebody, you know, knew the number mm-hmm. and kept on trying. And then there's probably a JavaScript voice recognition library. I assume it speaks to you. Yes. It is a uh, it is a voice interface. Well, not it, yeah. it, it responds with voice commands. Yeah. Does it also respond with um, touch tone? No. No. So you have to speak the password. No, no, no. It, it doesn't. It it doesn't respond to touch. It it listens for touch tones. Right. I'm not saying it gives you touch tones. Oh. But you could send it when you enter the password. You can it's do through it with a touch tone phone. Yes. Okay. And if I send A versus B, that's the same tone. Yes. That that really like limits your password. Speed. Space. Yeah, it's a maximum of eight digits. Okay. I do believe. Or is it only four? I don't remember. I'd have to look up the manual. But once again, we go through the thing going, how much time and effort do I really want to spend on these things? Yep. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sitting here reading through libraries on how I can hack your your um, system. I should probably stop that. Yeah, no, I really want to not be on the phone system. But right now, that's what I got. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I made a thing. Outside of a, a phone hacker? <laughs> yeah, I made a word search generator. A word search generator. Yep. So like a, like, a, like a crosswords? No, not a crossword. No, server, like no, a word search. Not like a crossword. A, like search. a like a the easier one. X by X grid of letters. Yes. So growing up, my my dad actually wrote a, a word search program uh, when I was really little, and I loved playing with it because I loved just putting in words and seeing the puzzle change, and then printing it out and doing it, and it was a great way to get like extra credit in cheap assignments because I could just be like, poof, word search. I actually did that. Uh, what was that? That was uh, when I was doing was doing my postal training, actually. <laughs> 
we had yeah. to do we had to do something, and I forgot what it was. But I I did a word search, but I didn't actually do the words. I was able to put the words in there, but actually give them basically crossword clues. So the words were in there, but the so it was like a really weird crossword. Yeah, it was basically to, like a, to figure a, out the word that they need to find. Yes, that's interesting. That's like a hybrid approach. Yeah, huh? You know, it wouldn't be too hard to change this program to do that because that way, you know, it was it was a word search, but people actually, you know, you still need to think about it to figure out the word. Yes. Okay. Because that way, you know, it actually, you know, we, people were people were having fun with that one because they were going like, okay, you know, there was something that was like a three-step process and so one clue was like step one of this one. It was, it was like three w- words to remember. Right, And right. so it was like step one was this word. It's like, okay, so they found that word and then another clue was step two of this. So you had to remember I what the three like steps were. That. I like that a lot. I might steal that idea. So the, the, the word search generator that my dad wrote, uh, he wrote it in Fortran. Oh boy. Believe it or not. And then Talking rewrote it in technology. Yeah, well, this was back in like the 70s and 80s. And then he rewrote it in Algol and then rewrote it in Pascal. This has been like his uh his do I know a language program? It's like where, the people where, who write uh tic-tac-toe things for different Right. It's the yeah. like, have I learned enough of this language to write a like minorly complex thing. It's not super complex, but it's it's minorly complex. And so he he did that and he said to me earlier this week, like, hey, if I send you the code, do you want to try this? And I'm like, yes, yes, I do. And so I took his Perl code because he also wrote it in Perl. I've never written a Perl program. I've never made anything in Perl. I've never really looked at Perl. Uh, but I was able to take his source code from Perl and translate it into JavaScript. And since it's in JavaScript, I'm like, well, I guess I can just throw a, a front end on this and put it on the web. And now I'm going to add the option. I should wait. Where's the GitHub pause issues? New issue. Uh, crossword style clues. Cool. There is now an issue open for this, Andy. <laughs> So, um, should we hit topics? Yeah, probably. What do you got? Hit uh, me. Let's see. Facebook. Facebook. There's a bunch of Facebook. Let's talk about Facebook. Facebook's been doing some interesting things, question mark. Well, they want to get that Zoom money, I guess. That sweet, sweet Zoom money, except like Zoom's free. But I thought well, there's, only there's free a free for... and a paid version of Zoom. Yeah. And they want they want to start tapping that. I guess so. Uh, is that an inappropriate thing to say? I, I meant tap like Magic the Gathering tap, but I realized it could come out a different way. <laughs> so uh, reminder, I'm a nerd. Yeah. I was just thinking okay. like a keg. Yeah. Like tap the, the oil or the keg. Yeah. Okay. Again, it could have been interpreted in a really bad way, and I didn't mm-hmm. mean it like that. I apologize. No, like they want they want in on that that cash. So they they are calling it uh, messenger rooms. So Facebook users can host group calls of up to fifty people that anyone can join because that's not <laughs> causing problems. <laughs> Anyone can join them. Yes. Huh. Um, so yeah, rooms will soon hold up to 50 people with no time limit. So there's your there's your part of your Zoom right there. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of inviting people individually, Facebook users can post links in their newsfeed or in groups or event pages. And unlike Messenger's existing video chat features, participants don't need to have the Messenger app or even a Facebook account to join a room. Oh, boy. 
Even better. Oh, God. When a room is created, anyone can join via their browser through, though, okay, here we go, though, votes can opt to lock rooms to new guests With a password. To, pre- to prevent party crashers. So wait, does that mean as soon as there's people in the room, then? It means that if you are the first person in the room, uh, you would be able to add a password to it, and then everyone else who's coming in needs to enter that password. When you create a room, you can choose who can see it and join it. You can remove people from the call and lock a room if you don't want anyone else to enter. Okay. Why? Why isn't that the default? I don't know. <laughs> Feels like that should be the default. Just because a room is locked doesn't mean you have to stay. You can report a room. You can block somebody. <clears throat> Let's see. Also, uh, immersive 360-degree backgrounds that transport you to beautiful and iconic spaces, from the beach to a luxe apartment on the water. Oh. So they're putting backgrounds in? Mm-hmm. Because that's a thing, evidently. Man, who knew that you basically if you just flip Snapchat around... <laughs> <laughs> that people would want it? I guess so. Ooh, there's also a virtual date. What? Yeah. To help people find meaningful relationships even when they can't meet in person, we're adding an option in Facebook dating to invite people on a virtual date. To go where? It's a virtual date, so you would just have a video chat with them, I guess. Okay. But, like, typically a date, you you go somewhere, right? You, like, no? I guess not in this case? No, I guess not. So, yeah, so Facebook's getting into the uh, video conferencing as well. I mean, good for them. Like, I'd say, well, you know, I'm I'm worried about privacy. I'm worried about, like, what Facebook's going to do with that data. But it's not like Zoom was doing a really good job with that either. No. (laughs) No, they weren't. So, yeah, I don't I don't know what to, to really. It's, We're still going to sure. use Google Meet for uh, work. So, well, you're you're a Google Suite application thing. Yes. So we're, yeah, we're a G Suite member. So we're going to use what we're paying for. Yeah. What's really funny was somebody sent a we've got a, a, an IT, basically, you know, Google Hangouts group of all the IT guys. Somebody sent like a message there going like, hey, guys, what about, you know, are you guys using Zoom? Are you doing this? And we're like, dude, Google Meet. What are you doing? <laughs> well, I just had, we, you know, we have a thing for this. Yeah, it's like, well, our, uh, you know, our program director heard of Zoom. So he was trying it out. And I'm like, no, stop that. No, <laughs> bad. <laughs> We have a thing for a reason. Yes. It's like, have you looked at your G Suite applications ever since you've been here? No. I just use Office. God, all the, that's, that's the one stick in my craw is the fact that we've got to have Office for one piece of software. Which one? It's this um, kind of like a, a presentation developer where you would take your, basically the data of – it takes your Nielsen data of, um, you know, listenership – and you you know you put in your the data of your radio station it, it's it kind of basically takes all the different bits of data puts it together in a nice looking presentation okay and then can create either a pdf or a powerpoint slide of it ah and so therefore it requires powerpoint cuz it takes all this information and generates a powerpoint presentation from it and it's just like oh we have to have office in just order to have PowerPoint, thing. yeah, in order to have that one piece of software actually do its thing. And it's just been... There's especially, no alternative for that piece of software? Not that I know of. You know, people could do it on their own, but this is like a nice little piece of software that can basically just asks you for the numbers and then creates something out of that. So you could, yes, do it on your own, but it, you know, it will take more work for a lot of people. Part of me is kind of annoyed also because a lot of people just generate the PowerPoint and then print it off as a PDF. And it's like, wait, you're just, you're doing an extra Why? step here. Why? 
because it's what they know. Mm-hmm. So Facebook rooms could be interesting, though, especially since you don't have to have a Facebook account for it. Yeah, except that even if you don't have a Facebook account for it, by joining it, Facebook knows who you are. Yeah, they'll just pull your IP address and browser information and all that other fun stuff and probably put a cookie somewhere. Yeah. Uh, What about this this Facebook gaming app? So this was actually supposed to be launched in June or July, I think. And they decided to launch it early because everybody's stuck at home. They're all watching Twitch and YouTube. And Facebook wants to get into some of that, too. Yes. So So is this what I've been seeing where Otho's been playing Fallout 4? uh, Maybe. He's been, like, streaming it through Facebook? Uh, Yes, I do believe. uh, It's it's an app on your Android device that basically has... <clears throat> is it only on Android? Wait. That's, yeah. Basic version of Facebook connected through is watching streamers playing games and talking about said games. You can use it without using OBS. Because huh. it handles all the encoding internally. Or probably, okay. it'll probably just send a f- stream to Facebook and Facebook will handle all the encoding and yada, yeah. yada. Oh, that's why it's only Android is the iOS version is still awaiting approval. Yep. Okay, so this is not then the, the Facebook streaming. This is just like a... So what is this? If it's not... You can watch streamers. Yeah, you can, which I can do normally in Facebook. Yep. So why um, is this a thing? Playing games, mostly on-platform casual titles. Uh, where is that? That's in the... Uh, yeah, the one of the options there is... Um, yeah, you could play words with friends, with people who are playing right now. I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where it's oh, like, hey... Okay. Facebook's like, yeah, we can so, we can do these sort of things too, and it's just like, man, Twitch, yeah. Twitch is huge. Okay. YouTube is here's, trying. Here's to the be confusion, huge. Andy. Yeah, this has been available for a long time. This is the thing I was talking about, where people are streaming on Facebook. What they released early was the app. The service has been there as part of Facebook. Was it like Facebook.com/slash/gaming or something? Yep, that is exactly what it is. Facebook.com/slash/gaming. All right, let me look. Oh. So, what's this guy playing right now? Call of Duty uh, Battle Royale, of course. Yeah, he's about to tag someone from the air. Yep. So, if I uh, go live, what happens? Don't. <laughs> live producer, okay. It's going to get confused because your microphone is already in use. Use stream key, use camera, use paired encoder. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> so, the stream key would let you use, like, OBS. Gotcha. Camera uh, would be the, the camera. Paired, okay, the paired encoder yep. would be... No idea. Paired encoder. Welcome to Creator Studio. Find your favorite features from publishing tools in one easy interface. Manage and filter uploads. Wow. Your audience will thank you. Paired encoder. Is there a help up? Oh, help. Here we go. Help. Help. <clears throat> Live producer help. Yeah. Live broadcast settings. Or no, connect your encoder. I'm guessing. Is that what it is? You can create tournaments. The things we didn't know existed. So Facebook is is publishing the app for yes. this so that you can do this all on your phone without needing to go to Facebook and log in. Sure. That's that's what this is. Okay. Sure. I try not to spend time on Facebook. It's hard mm-hmm. to not do. And like with the whole be at home all the time, it's harder. Like I've been basically silent on on Facebook for a long time. Uh, but like I've been just I've been posting more and more and more and it's terrible. And I don't know if I like it or not. So what else do we have? 
Um, oh, speaking of gaming, though, we could we could go down the gaming hole because I don't think we have any other Facebook things on here. I think just the two, um, just the two Facebook things. Harry Potter Wizards Unite has put in the Night Bus. I never understood the reference in the book of the Night Bus, and and I think like I just didn't have the right like idea of of what it was and and what it was supposed to be, and like I'm like okay, there's a magic bus, cool. I didn't get the jokes about it or like the references to it. Well, it's because we don't really have we're not really in a place that does public um, transit nighttime public transit too yeah like if we went to chicago i know a couple of the l lines have night service you know the, uh, let's see what else uh, minneapolis st paul has got the green line san francisco has an all-nighter bus network yeah so the night bus Yes. This is now keeping in mind the bigger picture, right? Harry yep. Potter Wizards Unite is part of Niantic. Niantic has been doing a lot of stuff across their entire platform to support the stay-at-home measures that are happening across the country. Um, they're introducing, for instance, remote raiding in Pokemon Go. They just did a stay-at-home community day in Pokemon Go. Yesterday was Abra Day. Yeah, the Harry Potter community day has been rescheduled for May 2nd. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, this they, the night bus is remote raiding. Yep. So Oh, yeah. Now, do you have to do you have to like purchase it, or is it just nope. part of the game? Part of the game. Because for Pokemon Go, the the like go somewhere and raid is not free. Oh no, it's 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 in the game. It's free, and it's only things that you can see from where you're at. So I can't like you and I could not raid together. Yeah, I don't know if we could actually get Kate and I together in a fortress. I don't know if that would work. I feel like we basically would have to try and basically push the button at the same time and hope that we uh, both get put in the same room. How how does it work? Well, there's a button on the home screen. I actually okay. don't know because I've never actually done it yet. <laughs> Should I log into Harry Potter and, and we do this together and find out? No. I don't think I've logged into this game in six months. Yeah, all mine says is just two plus days according to my friends list. <laughs> Last time I logged in, that was a while ago. Welcome back. Enable Adventure Sync. Maybe later. Yes, that's been a godsend. Night bus. Hop Here's... aboard the night bus. The night bus will take you directly to the fortress at Hogwarts Castle. Okay. There's a port key sitting on me. <clears throat> There's some sort of brilliant event going on? Yes, yes there is. Okay. Man, I'm bad at this game. So, yeah, so for an AR, hey, you gotta go out and, you know, real world walk around game. They're making it yeah. easier and easier not to have to leave... <laughs> Your couch. Well, the the question is going to be how permanent is that, right? Is is this for those ambitious players already thinking about their future fortress forays? Ooh, that's a good one. Fear not, as the night bus is here to stay. Ooh. So there's probably going to be other things that they're going to scale back, like the fact that, you know, you can pick up spell energy just randomly on the floor. Um, hopefully that will, be, you know, scaled back. Yeah. Some of the potion stuff will probably be scaled back as well. But I guess the remote rating for Harry Potter is here to stay. That's cool. Which like is good because nice I have so many rune stones. Well, because you don't raid. Yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> oh, cool. It tells you what your rewards are now. Yep. Yeah, they have been actually pretty good on listening to the uh, community and responding to it now. Yep. Okay. So you can, like, at any time jump in and raid with other people. Yes. God, I'd have to relearn this entire game. I don't remember any of this shit. <laughs> well, you're an Auror, so right away, give me spell energy. Or not spell yep. energy. Give me focus. Yep. And then I'll prestige the or, uh, proficiency boost everybody, and then I'll start shielding you, and I'll try and uh, get all the pixies. Okay, so there, there actually is, like, strategy involved in this. Sure. I don't know. That's what I've read. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't raid. 
there have just been lots of you know Reddit posts of people going, "Oh my god, people learn how to raid." Yep. Uh, with Pokemon Go, raiding is is generally a lot easier unless you're just tr- you're trying to like low number it. Like if you're trying to go for a, a five star raid or a four star raid with only two people, then potentially you need to strategize. But beyond that, it's pick the things. It, if it's scissors, pick rock. Just put out your strongest thing that has the highest bonus. Bird, how did you get there? <laughs> like, it's in the middle of this. Th- it flew directly into this middle of a thicket. And I'm like, how? Birds will birds. Birds are going to bird. Damn it. I need to go mow my lawn, don't I? Just mowed it. I swear to God, I mowed it last Sunday to mow my lawn every week. Pain in the ass. Can I just put down AstroTurf? You can do whatever you want to do with your own, um, you know. No, I can't. You can't? <laughs> no, neither can you. There are, like, city restrictions, man. I think our city restrictions for the lawn is just the fact that it can't be, like, 18 inches high or something like that. It's probably less than that. I got a, a warning for a citation because I hadn't mowed my lawn in, like, two and a half or three weeks. So the grass was like eight inches high and like got a a thing in the mail being like, it's been reported that you're not taking care of your lawn. I'm like, the fuck? We actually got one of those our first year moving into the house because we bought the house was for sale over the winter time. Yep. And um, we have a sidewalk out front and we uh, we were basically cited because the previous owners hadn't plowed the sidewalk during the previous winter because they had already moved out. Um, So we were told that, you know, we were on notice for making sure that our sidewalk was clear. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You're like, but we had, wasn't us. We showed we up there. at the end of February. There wasn't really much snow after February. Yep. Let's see. Portage, Michigan, lawn. Underground lawn irrigation systems, protection of property, sales materials from wrecking, required fee for plumbing permits, encroachment on streets and utility. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> Weeds and grasses. I think that's the right thing, right? Sounds right. Any owner or operator of land in the city may apply for approval of a land management plan for a natural lawn, one where the grasses exceed eight inches in height. So, okay, so it must be eight inches. The portion between the sidewalk and the street or a strip not less than four feet adjacent to the street where there is no sidewalk. So, okay, so I can do a natural lawn, but there's also, a, a, I guess, a, a portion between the sidewalk and the street <clears throat> where it has to be less than eight inches. There you go. So it's eight inches is what it is. Yeah, which is what I said. Yeah. Cool. Oh, man. These ordinance codes are so fun. So what else we got here? Uh, Stadia. Yep. Finally passed a million downloads. Not a million. Use a million installs. Okay. Yes. Has been installed more than one million times globally. Start of April saw the biggest week of signups. You mean when they were offering it for free? Stadia Pro for free. Right. Not Stadia. Oh, shoot. No, it's not called Stadia Base anymore. I think it's just called free it's just stadia is now free for anyone and then there's the stadia pro which now is also currently free for two months yeah so the question is yes there's a now finally a million unique installs in two months <laughs> what's the base going to be like you know is 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 this a thing where everybody's like oh let's try out pro and then after two months everybody's like and i'm done we'll find out mm-hmm. in i mean typically what happens with that and what they count on it's like the gym membership right yep where people buy it don't use it and then like just Forget. Forget that it's there. Yep. So. I mean, good for Google. Mm-hmm. But it took them long enough, and it also took them <laughs> literally giving away the product for free for two months to actually get to that point. So we'll see what happens in a little bit. 
Um, Nintendo had a data breach. Uh oh, it was one hundred and sixty thousand Nintendo accounts compromised. Yeah, I should probably check mine. No credit card information was exposed, but affected users had their nickname, email address, date of birth, gender, and country data exposed. God damn it, Nintendo! Nintendo said there is currently no evidence of a breach to its databases. Oh, it was illegal access by third parties, servers, or services. Yeah. But an investigation is still ongoing. Okay. Yeah. Nintendo will be contacting affected users, advising them to reset their passwords and set up two-factor authentication. So if you don't have two-factor authentication set up for your Nintendo account, now would probably be a good time. Also change your password. Yeah, I need to change my password again. God damn it, Nintendo. Um, there was a source code leak for Team Fortress 2 and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Really? The leaked code was a reposting of engine code from late 2017. Oh, that had ar- that had already okay. been leaked back in 2018. So I think we actually talked about this back then. Yep. It sounded familiar. Yeah, so it's okay. nothing, it's literally nothing it's new. Nothing new, they just literally reposted <laughs> the source code from 2017. People saying like, yep, expect a, a rise in cheaters for a little while before we figure out ways to stop them. Uh, okay, since we're still talking about games, how about Twitch? All right, what's up with Twitch? And the stuff that's going on on Twitch. Well, if you go to Twitch, you go Twitch. TV. And I'm on Twitch, and the first recommended channel is Valorant. What and the hell is no, Valorant? Oh, wait, mute. Goddamn mute. What? What What the hell is Valorant? Uh, Valorant is League of Legends take on Counter-Strike. Oh, okay. So it's Counter-Strike, but set in the Runeterra League of Legends universe. It's, it's basically CSGO, but with League of Legends. Okay, so sort of like um, Overwatch-ish. Yes. Okay. But more CSGO than Overwatch. Gotcha. All right. It was originally it was so first off, I don't know if we've talked about this. Uh Riot is is totally expanding their their catalog. Uh they are taking the world of League of Legends and they are making a League of Legends based card game to <laughs> compete with Hearthstone. They're making a League of Legends um, first-person shooter you, to you, compete you, you with... You don't mean Hearthstone, you mean Artifact? No, I mean, I mean, they're taking on Hearthstone. But was it Artifact, the one that was Dota-based? Yeah, but they're they're taking on Hearthstone. Because <laughs> um, Artifact has, like, ten people playing it. Uh, they're talking about making a Runeterra-based MMO to take on, like, Final Fantasy XIV and World of Warcraft. So, like, they are massively expanding their catalog, all with this central IP. Okay. Which is really cool, and I'm gonna laugh my ass off when they make a Runeterra-based real-time strategy game where it has now come full circle. Because League of Legends was based on Defense of the Ancients, which was a Warcraft 3 map, right? Yeah. Andy? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's funny to me. No, I, I um, get it. It's eh, so <laughs> so Valorant is not out yet. It's in beta. And to play, you would need to get a beta key. And so the the channels that are playing Valorant are being like the one I see right here is 24 seven drops stream uh, live preparing for ranked matches. Global elite 24 seven is really hard to do on Twitch, right? Like super hard to do 24 seven for a 
a single streamer. Yep. Uh, but these these streams are not just them playing. It's also just like the advertisements for them. Because if you spend enough time in one of those streams and you have linked your Riot account to your Twitch account, so Riot knows that you've been in that stream, you have a chance to win a beta key. Oh, so this is like Hearthstone, where you, if you if you quote unquote watch the Grandmaster Championships, you have a chance of winning card packs. I. I guess. Uh, Twitch is not thrilled at this. Well, of course. Because they're, yeah. they're kind of gaming the system. Yeah. Like hardcore kind of gaming the system. Uh, Steam, the, the keys are being sold on eBay for like 150 bucks. Well, that's not bad. $150 for a beta key? Uh, I know the sites until Riot said players on purchased accounts could end up getting banned. <laughs> yeah, so now it's down. Don't buy a beta key, no. ladies and gentlemen. It's a bad idea. So streamers are trying to game the system that Riot created to try and game the Twitch system. <laughs> right. Lovely. Yep. Just a general bad idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. We got the uh, the end of an era topics. We got three of them here that we could knock out very Ooh, quickly. Yeah. Uh, first off, the it's the end of Python 2. <laughs> About damn time. Yep. 2.7.18 is going to be the last official release of Python 2. Which we knew was coming. They had actually said that a while ago. Yes. That, like, we're nearing the end of 2.x. That is, don't expect it to continue. Support is going to go away. Now, what that kind of means is like, uh-oh, because people have written a lot of stuff for that. Yes. And Python 3 is not backwards compatible. Nope. So if you got your Python 2 stuff out there, uh, you might want to see about trying to learn Python 3. Yep. I'm sure there are a ton of guides for converting from one to the other. Yep. In fact, let's see. Python 2 to 3 converter. Automated Python 2 to 3 code translation. So, yes, go update your code. If you wrote code in Python 2, go update. Yeah, Brandon wrote some scripts in Python. I'll have to go see if he wrote them in 2 or 3. Yep. Which will be good, because then I'll actually have to dig back into remembering how to do Python stuff. Did you ever learn Python? Uh, I did for one of my CS courses, but that is just like my Java coding. It's <laughs> You're like, eh, I remember there was like print and white space. So, yeah, no, I don't remember any of that stuff anymore. Um, okay. AT&T's CEO is now retiring, which I feel like is the <laughs> captain of the Titanic jumping on a lifeboat. Yeah. Are they in trouble? Let's see. He's been with AT&T since 1985 and been president and COO since 2019. Oh, that's no, that's the new guy. Okay. Yeah. But also, are they like actually in trouble? AT&T CEO. Okay. So the current CEO, he's been with the company since 1982 and been CEO since 2007. Um, well, they just lost another 897,000 premium TV subscribers. I keep forgetting that AT&T is not just a phone company. AT&T's Time Warner Media Division, or sorry, now Warner Media Division, reported a 12.2% year-over-year revenue decline. Um, AT&T Mobile's business is down to $42.8 billion, down from $44.8 billion of last year's first quarter. So TV's down, phones are down, their Warner Media Division is down. They have cut more than 20,000 jobs in 2019. Uh, they also planned additional work in the headcount rationalization area, which means they're going to fire more people. Yep. How's that tax cut working out for you guys? <laughs> I heard that you were going to create thousands of new jobs due to the tax cut. Uh, how about that net neutrality stuff? Oh, yeah. They have a long-term debt load of $147.2 billion. So, yeah, no, I in my head, I see this as the captain of the Titanic going, peace. <laughs> like, I'm out. I can't fix this. 
We got the tax cut. So I'm out. Yep. So AT&T is hemorrhaging money, um, but also not like they're making someone's making a lot of money there. Yes. Let's see, Stankley's was twenty two point forty seven million dollars. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Ah, I wish I could have that sort of cash. Um, what so, I do with that sort of cash? Yeah. So the AT&T CEO is retiring. Um, John uh, Legree. Laguerre? Uh, Laguerre? Laguerre? T-Mobile guy. Yeah, the T-Mobile guy who, you know, stepped down, said that he was, you know, going to stay on the board, is now stepping down from the board. Oops. I I reiterate that, like, the judge who approved the merger did so primarily because of of John L. and because of how, like, um, industry-changing, ground-shattering he was. Well. And now he's gone. He got the merger and said, peace. Yep. Oh, God, I wonder how much his bonus was from that merger. Oh, probably something ridiculous. Yeah. All right. Well, so he's resigning from the board of directors. Effective yep. immediately. Yes. He was originally going to stay through June 4th, but now he is. Uh, nope. So, yeah, so that's that's done. Okay. <sighs> and uh, last but not least, uh, we can't go without talking about Elon Musk for a bit. Uh, Tesla is increasing the autopilot feature of the uh, cars to be able to uh, stop for stop signs and traffic lights. Does it not? Like, that's that's not part of it already i thought the autopilot was like autopilot or is that only on the freeway still it was basically only on the freeway oh okay well cool traffic light and stop sign control is designed to recognize and respond to traffic lights and stop signs slowing your car to a stop when using traffic aware cruise control or auto steer yeah this feature will slow the car for all detected traffic lights including green blinking yellow and off lights so it hasn't actually recognized the actual color yet if your car approaches an intersection your car will indicate the intention to slow down via notification slow down and stop at the red line shown on the driving visualization to continue through the stop line push the gear selector once or briefly press the accelerator pedal to confirm that it is safe to proceed this feature will be conservative slow down often at first and will not attempt to turn through the intersections over time as we will learn from the fleet this feature will control more naturally. So drivers are basically going to be training the autopilot feature to recognize that it's okay to travel through the intersection. But there's nothing wrong with that, so... No, it will eventually learn. Yes. I'm sure it's sending all of that telemetry back. Oh, yes. And then the last bit, Elon Musk says that Starlink is going to be going into beta? Yeah. Uh, So Starlink has been this project for a while, right? SpaceX was, was basically founded to... Well, SpaceX was founded to put someone on Mars. But yeah. prior to that, uh, Musk wants to have Musk wants to be the internet provider for the world. And so he's launching Starlink. And so all of the SpaceX launches have been like Starlink launches, right? Like almost all of them have been to put up these satellites. Yep. And the the weird thing about Starlink satellites is they are very low. Like they're way closer to the ground than any other telecom satellites, which is also why they cause such issues with uh, photography and, and taking pictures of stars. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of them and they're really low. Um, we are reaching the critical threshold where there are enough of them that Musk is comfortable with providing internet through them. And so he says that the closed beta test is approximately three months away. Hmm. So, yeah. Would you sign up for internet via Musk? I'm currently signed up for internet via T-Mobile, so um, it all depends on what the price is. Yep. I mean, for goodness sakes, we've been past couple of well since i did the review we've been you know doing this show over the lde network and i do believe if i look at the box 
as I sign into my gateway, hold on, let's see, network, status, LTE is okay, 2.4G, 5G, oh, that's 5 gigahertz, I thought it was 5G, like, you know, 5G service. No, no, no. No, that's a mislabel, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, no, right now, yeah, I'm currently on the uh, LTE connection, so. Well, Starlink, not Starlink, yeah, Starlink is um, supposed to be 1 gigabit per second with a 13 to 33 millisecond latency. I'd be, I'd be curious to see that at some of our transmitter sites where we, A, are only currently have a phone line. Hey, look at that. Yep. Or B, you know, don't even have a phone line out there. There's a couple of them out there where we just have an, a microwave link out to the transmitter site, which I could technically, yes, put internet on, on the 900 megahertz spectrum because there's a, uh, there's but a thing there you, for data. I mean, doesn't this like start to to fall into the old areas where there's a reason why satellite wasn't as big as cellular like what if it's raining what if it's cloudy does that impact my my internet connection then i don't know the the the, the, the thing though is the because they're not in geosynchronous orbit because that's what twenty two thousand miles away yes ish i think that's so the satellites is. are not stable relative to the ground no they are slowly neandering over the surface right well that's why he needs so many of them yeah correct Currently, what, 420 up on there? 400 was the magic number to start providing service. Yep. So he's got technically 420 satellites up in the air right now. Uh, Starlink listed as approximately 300 miles. Is that what I'm reading? Starlink? Yeah. Starlink uh, orbit height. 550 kilometers. Yeah, it's about 330. Yep. So if that's a possibility, I would be freaking all for it, especially since some of the... <laughs> Some of the prices we're play, paying for phone lines are over 30 to $50 a month once we add in all the taxes and fees and everything. And I'm getting LTE, internet through T-Mobile, for 50 bucks a month right now. That's not bad. You know, I, could, I would gladly put one of those in each of my transmitter buildings, you know. Depending on the cost. Depending on the cost, yes. And I would have to make sure that, you know, I've got a decent firewall set up there and getting, you know, my VPN tunneling set up correctly. Yep. So people can't get into there. The the most interesting thing about all of this, I think, is that it, um, Musk was saying it will start at the high latitudes. So like living up in Michigan and Wisconsin counts. Oh, yeah, because we're 45th parallel and up. Yep. Um, I'd just be curious. The price point is what it's all going to come down to. Absolutely. The pr- well, no, the price point will be part of it. Also, will like there be a data cap? Also, what's the uptime going to be? That's true. A lot of my stuff, though, I can handle low uptime. I mean, there are devices built for handling... <laughs> you know, spotty internet and handling yep. low bandwidth uses, you know, heck the, the our current satellite is what an MPEG two at 92 kilobits per second, I think for our audio, for the radio stations. Uh-huh. And also, you know, they're the, Ajit Pai is trying to get rid of the C-band stuff as well. So, you know, who knows how long our satellite feeds are going to be there for. If we switch to just an IP based codec, I, I'm very curious to see where this goes. Well, we'll find out in a few months. Yep. We might sign up for it. It would be nice to get off of Spectrum. Yes. Heck, like I said, I'm currently, I turned in my uh, my cable modem last week. So we've been running on T-Mobile and I, you know, I told Kate, I'm like, look, we've been running. You know, I actually, I switched over for a week and then told her. And I'm like, have you noticed any different? And she's like, no. I'm like, well, there we go. <laughs> Ta-da. Ta-da. 20 bucks cheaper a month and you haven't noticed. So we're just going to keep it. We're just going to keep it. So yeah, there we go. Nice call. Um, Cool. Yeah, sometimes. You just, the randoms. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes I don't, <laughs> I don't tell 
people that I'm changing things. I just change it and then tell people later. I did that with uh, one of our web streams for one of our radio stations is because they had this whole convoluted analog to digital to analog gobbledygook mess. I've definitely done things like that of like, remove it and see if anyone complains. Yeah. So I I switched over our thing there to a completely digital format and digital this, that, and the other thing. And I... I went went later, later, and I'm like, "Hey, have you been listening to the web stream?" He's, "Oh yeah, it sounds fine." I'm like, "Okay, good, because I've changed how we do it, because <laughs> it no longer does the thing that it used to do." Yeah, no, I wanted to make it more streamlined and less gobbledygook. Yep. And have you noticed? No. I'm like, "Okay, sweet. I'm going to tear everything out and then do that to the other stations as well." <sighs> Easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. Yes, that was that was one of my takeaways from <laughs> a bunch of my film courses. Or sometimes it's, yeah, it's just easier just to go in there, do your thing, and if somebody asks about it, go, oh, I didn't know. Sorry, I'll stop. So yes, so randoms. Dave, it is your random review. My review. I uh, am going to review Final Fantasy VII. From 1997. Nope, 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 nope. Final Fantasy VII Remake. Final Fantasy VII Remake. From 2020. From 2020. (laughs) Hang on, I'm sorry, I'm being totally distracted because there's two birds that are, like, fighting to the death in my yard. <laughs> and I'm just watching them, and, like, they are they are going at it. We should probably stop them. What was that song from the, when Kurt's yeah. in that fighting contest? I mean, don't let, him, don't let him get to them. But Sorry, Andy, hang on one sec. We're just going to take care of this because these two birds are really going at it, and I don't want a dead bird in my yard. Okay, they'll go kill each other somewhere else. Final Fantasy VII Remake. I try to find out what the name of that Spock versus Kirk music is. What? From Star Trek, you know, where they have that fight music? Yeah. I mean, just look up Star Trek Spock Kirk fight music. Yep. Nope. I'm uh, I'm looking it up right now. The Amok okay. fight scene theme song. Okay. <laughs> there we go. All right. Anyway, <laughs> uh, this game was really good. I'm going to try and stay away from spoilers, which is weird because it's a game that is based on a game that was released 23, 24 years ago. Is it? So like, are there differences in? Yes. Oh. And and that's kind of the, I like, I, duh, it's okay. It's a really good game. If you liked Final Fantasy VII, if you are even thinking or considering playing Final Fantasy VII Remake, stop. No, I can't say that. I can't even do that because Laura's down here and she might play it and I don't want to ruin the game for her. It's good. <laughs> it's really, really, really good. What type of um, battle mechanics are there? Is it is so it the, the, is it like the old battle mechanics or is it like the no, new battle mechanics? No, it, so it's more like Kingdom Hearts battle mechanics. Like it's it's a real time battle. Um, actually, I, I guess the closest to it that I can think of that that you'd be familiar with is it's Vats. It is almost exactly Vats from Fallout, like uh, from Fallout Three in New Vegas and Four. Uh, you you are in a battle. It's real time. You're smashing buttons and and doing stuff. But anytime you want to do a more power move, once you've charged up your meter, you press a button and everything slows down, almost to a standstill, which is exactly what VATS is. Like, things are still moving, but really slowly. Um, And so then you activate your special abilities, you get more as you play because it's an RPG. Um... (laughs) And and it took me a while. Like I played the demo and did not like the battle system very much. I, I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't get into the rhythm. But like if you keep playing and you keep practicing, you get better at that and you learn it more. Uh there are two and a half love you too. There are two and a half difficulty levels. Um two normal, and a half level? 
difficulty yeah, levels. There's normal, easy, and if after you beat the game, you actually unlock hard. Um, and then there's there's um, classic, which is what I call the half difficulty level. Classic is it handles most of the the like moving and auto attacking, and you just choose your abilities. So if you don't want to engage in that combat, there is a mode for that. So it's it's a lot like the old battle. It's it's closer to the old style. Yes. Okay. Um, it's just the story is good. Um, if you played the original, then you will. There, there are so many familiar beats to it and familiar scenes, and like there's tons and tons of nostalgia callback. But there's enough new stuff to make it different. There's like, I mean, that this is not. I'm sure if if you've even thought about playing this game, you've heard about this at this point. That there are. Um, it it's the first disc of the original game. The first of three discs. This is just the very first one. Like also, oh, there's there's going to be two more of these. At least. They have not said how many more of these there are going to be. That's actually something that people are getting a little upset about. But you know what? This was a good game. It's weird. This was like a prequel for a game, but it was actually made first. So I don't know if that counts as a prequel. It's the setup of the game. And like the next game that comes out is where the story really picks up and it gets. But like this first game is a full game. And it was like it had moving parts and not moving like motion, moving like it moved me. Like I cried at different points in this game. Yeah, how much of that was rose colored glasses, though? Uh, one of those was one of that was just like the nostalgia the others were like oh my god oh my god like i just saw Holy shit. And the, the weird part is, it's a scene that I knew was coming because of the original. I, I thought I would be, like, girded against it. I was not. <laughs> uh, like, holy crap. So now that Laura is no longer in the room, I, I can say what I wanted to say earlier. So if you are even thinking about playing this game, tune out for a little bit. Andy, are you even thinking about playing this game? Have I ever tried thinking about playing Final Fantasy game. I don't even have a PlayStation 4. If I were to mail you my PlayStation 4, <laughs> mail you your PlayStation? would no, you play this I, game? Do I have time for this? No. Uh, so actually, the, a nice change is that you can save anywhere. You actually can literally pick up this game, walk down the hallway, save. Hmm. But probably not. Um, okay, so stop, again, like, stop listening. The rest of the review is just me saying how awesome this game is. Go buy it, go play it. Um, giving people a second to stop or to jump ahead to the very end because our outro music is awesome, question mark. Um, so a key element of the story of this game, I'm still going to try and not give too much away in case people actually are still listening, uh, is that it is different than the original game. Hmm. A, I'll, I'll say a key element of this game is that it is different than the original, which is to say the game is aware that it is different than the original. That's part of the story. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. It's a good game, Andy. Now, is it a Final Fantasy game? It's been a while since I've been able to really define what Final Fantasy was. Is it a, a respectful homage to the original? Yes. Is it the same as the original? No. Is it the best game of the year? I have no idea. It's only April. <laughs> Is it a really good game? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I did not find any, like, huge faults with it. Uh, 
I, I couldn't even find any like glitches. Like it's a pretty tight game. I never felt underpowered. I never felt underleveled. I never felt overpowered. Like it was always a, a bit of a challenge. Um, fights are very different than in the original because of the, the different like real time aspect because you're moving around the field. Um, one of the, the boss fights towards the end of the game, I played it and it took me like 15 minutes to fight this boss fight. Like I was just like, I can't do anything. I can't like, what the hell am I supposed to do here? Uh, and then I turned off the game thinking it had saved and it hadn't. And so I had to redo that boss fight. And the second time through it, it took me like two minutes because I knew what to do. Like the fight was much more clear. It's a good game. It's okay. a really good game. It's also like a fantastic movie. And I, I expect that so at some point in the future, you'll be able to just watch the story in YouTube. I will take your word for it, probably. Yeah. So Dave likes a Final Fantasy game. Is anybody shocked? Uh, if you've been listening to this show and you've been listening to me talk about Final Fantasy for the fa- past, like, ten years, yes, you should be. The last good Final Fantasy game for me was, like, Final Fantasy ten two. 11 and 14 don't count because they're online, but I did not enjoy 12. I did not enjoy 13. I did not enjoy 13 Lightning Returns. I did not enjoy 15. This was a really good game. It's it's a really good game. Random topic. Random topic. Rolled ahead of time. Yeah. What baseball position does David want to play? And what position would Andy assign him if he were the team manager? And in parentheses, he has to be on the field. Damn it. I was going to say like manager, but I have to be. Well, the manager's on the field, right? No, he's in the he's in the dugout. OK, I have to be on the field. What mm-hmm. position would I play? Mascot. Um, so there's pitcher, catcher, first base, second base, third base, left, center, outfield, shortstop. Yeah. Nine positions. Yes. OK, now I just have Abbott and Costello running through my yep, head. Yep. Yep. Uh, why? Because. <laughs> why? Because I don't know. Oh, he's our center field. Or he's shortstop. Uh, so I've got two answers. Yeah. One is my loophole answer. I'm I'm always up for a loophole answer. What's your loophole answer? Base coach. Base coach. First That's base the, the coach. First base and second base coach, right? No, no, no. Or There's first and second. third. First and third. Yes. Because you can't put someone at second because they'd be in the middle of the field. Yeah, no, that would not work. Okay. So that would be base my coach. that would be my loophole answer. What position? Your first base coach. Okay, that's that's just literally sitting there and telling the person on first whether or not to run. Yeah, pretty much. Or telling, you know, the person who's running towards first if they should try and go for second or not. Yeah, because all of their attention is like specifically focused on just getting to the base. Yes. Not what's going on around them. Yes. So the question, yeah, if they if they see the base coach, they either run through first base because you're allowed to do that at first base. Yeah. Or do they or try and, and run to take second. the turn? Yeah, and run to second. So that's my loophole answer. Okay. My non-loophole answer, if I actually had to have you in an actual player position rather than a coach position, left fielder. Why left fielder? Left fielder is basically known in sabermetrics as the um, one of the easiest defensive positions to have. Okay. So here's the, the sad truth. Yes. My throwing arm sucks. Okay. So my Maybe answer... It, okay, so if we didn't want you to be in the outfield, then we'd put you at first base. Okay. That's... Let's, 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 let's just think about that in... Um, <laughs> First base, your job is to catch the ball. Yes, that's where Miggy played when he wasn't DHing. Okay, because that, that was my my answer was I'd be a designated hitter. Well, yeah, technically, but if you had to be on the on, field, I'd, I'd consider a batsman being on the field. I think the the loop, the, not the loophole, the condition was just like I can't be in the dugout, which that's where the designator designator hitter is. It's in the dugout because he's only offensive. I'm on the field for part of the game. 
I'd put you out in left field. If you really cannot throw, then I, I would put you at first base. Okay. All I'm you literally sure have to do is basically just most of the time just try and catch the ball that's thrown okay. at you. I'm, I'm sure I can I can learn to throw. It is literally what our species is good at. Throwing things? Yeah. I thought our species was just good at running long distances. That too. Those are like two of the three things that set us apart from, from the other species. We are really good distance runners and like endurance runners, and we are really, really good at throwing things. Andy, we are so good at throwing things, we've made games out of it. Yeah, that's true. Like, we're really... Think of any other animal that throws things. They are primates, yep. right? The, the animals that are known for throwing things are primates. Opposable thumbs kind of helps. But like, we're really good at throwing things. That's That was one of the two mechanisms of early hunting. One was just running the damn thing down. The other was throwing things at it. We would throw things at it and then run the guy down. That's, yep. that's, that's how we fed ourselves. Uh, the third thing, if you're curious, is we make tools to make other tools. Lots of animals are tool users, right? Lots of animals can solve an immediate problem. Very few animals can use one set of tools to make another set of tools to solve a problem. All right. Well, I think... Uh... So left fielder or first baseman? Yes. Or first base coach, rather. First base coach, left fielder, first base. Those okay. are my three. I, I will defer to your knowledge on the topic because I don't have any knowledge on the topic. I'm just impressed that I could name the nine positions. Okay. Well, on, uh, on that note, uh, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. <laughs>